This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. If you want more of the podcast, you can listen on Spotify. Uh, you can listen on iTunes as well. You can also listen on the little app on your iPhone, the Apple Podcast there. Uh, for more information, you could also uh, look on Twitter and you can also look on Instagram as well. Today's topic of what we want to talk about, we want to talk about I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. You know, you think about you think sometimes about our society today and, you know, so many people say, well, I don't need this in my life. You know, some women, I don't I don't need a man in my life. I'm independent. I've got this. I can do all this. Right. Then some guys, which really isn't talked about a lot. Some guys think the same thing. I don't need anybody in my life. I don't need a a woman in my life. I, I'm I'm good on my own. I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. I'm fine, right? I don't need anybody. You know, sometimes we have that we have that self reliant attitude to where we feel like no one else can really help us, and we're the only ones that can really help us. And so, in a sense, that can hurt us spiritually because we become so self reliant on us and on what we can do, rather than what God can do for us to help other people, right? And so that's what we're gonna kind of talk about today and we're going to look at we're going to look at an example of abraham and sarah we're also going to look at um uh, at an example of of a parable in in the book of luke to kind of see how we can learn not to be uh self-reliant people all right so so let's get into the study so before we get into the scripture i want to think about this idea you know the other day my brother and i we were watching a, a documentary uh, it was Kobe's Kobe Bryant's documentary uh, Muse M U S E, and basically the whole thing was talking about the problems that he has to deal with on the court and his growth there, but also the problems and his personal problems he dealt with off the court. And one one segment that really uh, piqued my interest was the the interviewer asked him, "Where did you get your Mamba mentality? Where did you get that the mindset that is kind of you against the world?" And he said he got it from isolation. He said he was the only kid in Italy when his father was playing basketball in Italy. He was the only one that looked like he did. And he he couldn't speak the language. He couldn't relate to anybody. He didn't have any friends. He said he said his only friend was a basketball. And he was out there just playing every single day. And he said you got this mindset where it's you against everybody else. You're so focused on what you're doing that you don't care about anybody else. You become in this little bubble by yourself. You kind of live life alone. And he said, that's where that's where I got my mentality from, from isolation. And so as I was you know, looking at that documentary, I kind of thought about 
my own life. Because remember in the scripture, we, we try to self-examine ourselves to see not only how we can be better, uh, more effective Christians, but to also be better people as well. And as I was kind of, uh, you know, studying what we're talking about today and, and looking at what he said, I kind of thought about my own life. And I kind of had to ask myself, you know, have I been so so self-reliant on me and on my knowledge and on what I can do and what I have done, right? You know, I can relate to him because as a kid, I didn't move out of the country like he did, but I I moved a lot. I went to like, I think from kindergarten to high school, maybe 15 different schools, 15, 16 different schools. Um, it was a lot of moving. And, you know, the first two times we left, uh, you know, I've all, my dream was to always grow up with a crew of people, right? And to grow up from pre-K to, to adults, right? I've always wanted to do that. But as we moved, you know, the first couple times, like, well, okay, cool. We moved. I'll start over. You know, I'll, I'll meet new friends. Uh, maybe, maybe these friends will be the set that I'll grow up with, right? And every time we moved, that idea began to diminish in my mind. And so probably about after the third time that we moved out of all those times that we did, I started to think like he did. In my mind, I said, why, why am I getting to know people? Why am I getting, uh, why am I trying to build relationships with people when we're going to leave anyway? So, so why am I building a relationship with this, with this person or with these people when in the next six to eight months to a year, we're going to leave and I'll never see them again, really? So why am I building something? So after the second time we moved, probably the third time up, <clears throat> I began to just be by myself. Not saying that I didn't have friends. Like I had friends, but I never really let anybody else in because I knew in the back of my mind, I'm probably not going to see you ever again. Right. And so I began to be self-reliant on me. And so I focused on myself. I focused on basketball like he did when I played. I focused on just me. I didn't build relationships with people. I didn't let anybody in. I let I built my walls extremely high outside of my uh, my immediate family. No one else was really in. Right. And even to this day, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends, but in terms of letting people in, those type of friends, again, outside of my immediate family, maybe a handful, maybe five that I really can talk to, that I really, really, really open up to, maybe five. I don't do that for a lot of people, um, but that's where I got my mindset from. Now, here's here's the if that's you, what I've described, here's the positive of that. The positive is you're so laser focused that you don't care about anything else except for what's in front of you, right? So you just want to accomplish your goal, whether that's your degree, whether that's a job, whether that's whatever it is, you do it to 100% because you have in your mind, it's you against that goal. So that's the great part about having a life like that. But here's the negative part, and this part affects you spiritually. When you do things on your own like that, and when you become so isolated, and just like we talk about in this podcast, when you have the mindset of, I don't need anybody, 
when you have that mindset, guess who you say that to as well? You say that to God sometimes. Because, well, in my past, I, I overcame this by myself. In my past, I overcame this by myself. I did this by myself. And so in your mind, you think anything that comes, I'll be able to handle it by myself. And sometimes you think, I can do this without the Lord. Or I can do this my way because it worked before. I, I'm, I can do it how I want to do it, right? You end up being very self-reliant spiritually because you're self-reliant physically. And that's the type of thing that can hurt us is that we think we can do things on our own. And in a sense, God becomes a genie. We only come to him when we're when we're extremely desperate. Other than that, no matter how hard things get, oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. Then when it gets to the point where you feel that you can handle it, okay, God, now you can help. You see, we can't treat God like a genie. We have to we have to let him direct our steps and help us. And that's what we're going to get into with the scripture, okay? So let's look at our first example. Go over to Genesis chapter uh, chapter 16 first. Genesis chapter 16. And here, Sarai at the time and Abram, they become very self-reliant on themselves. Now remember in the chapter before, in chapter 12, what did God promise Abraham? He said, your, your seed's going to be abundant. He said, I will bless you and your, and your house forever, right? And so year after year after year after year passes, and guess what doesn't happen? Exactly what God says. Now, I can relate, and these people uh, and people like Abraham and like myself, maybe that's you too, you can relate. You see, I don't mind waiting. I really don't. I really don't mind waiting. But here's where self-reliant people get hurt. We don't mind waiting. But when we wait and we put all our effort into waiting and then nothing happens, that's when those self-reliant people start saying, okay, hold up. I've given the Lord X amount of years. Nothing's happened. So therefore, since he's not working on the problem, like he said he was, I'll take over. That's exactly what, what Sarah and Abraham did, right? Have you all done the same thing? It doesn't matter what you're waiting on. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be a career. It could be a degree. It could be whatever it is. Whatever you're waiting on, if you're waiting on the Lord and it doesn't happen, especially after a long period of time and you've been waiting diligently, then you start to say, okay, if the Lord's not taking this problem seriously, if the Lord's not working on this problem, then I'll just do it. He's not He's not helping me out anyway. Nothing's happened in the past X amount of years. So I'm just going to do it on my own, right? And so look at what Sarah and, and, and uh, Abram did. Verse number one of chapter 16. Now Sarah, Abraham, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go unto my maid, and it may be that I may obtain children by her. Question. Did God say it might be that the the promised son would come through somebody else? Who did he say to Abraham? He said, it's going to come through you, and it's going to come through Sarah. But because... 
Sarah, at this time, was very self-reliant on herself. She was very strong. She was very independent, right? She was very self-reliant on herself. Instead of waiting on the Lord, I'll make something happen. You see, that's what hurts so many Christians today. And and just as an example, I've seen so many of my uh, people I know and, and people I'm close with in the world and people I'm close to in the church. This happens to them, especially relationship wise. You know, they don't have something. They don't have a relationship. And so they meet somebody and they try to change them. Right. And so they say, well, since the Lord's not helping, then I'll do it. I haven't met a good Christian guy. I haven't met a good Christian girl. So I'll go out there. And is there anything wrong with conversion? No. Is there anything wrong with teaching somebody? No. But some people go out there with the mindset of, I'm going to change him. I'm going to change her so that I can have something, right? And that ends up hurting them in the long run. And this is what happened to Sarah here. Look, Abram, I know I'm I'm supposed to have a son, but as you can see, nothing's happened so therefore since nothing's happened the self-reliant person i am guess what you should do you should go sleep with my handmaid and notice this says something about sarai but notice the end of the verse and abram hearkened to the voice of sarai this says something about abram too abram was just as impatient as she was he just needed a reason, right? That's what that's what happens sometimes. We cannot be that way. And because of that decision, because they didn't wait on the Lord, we still have problems from that decision today. You see why we can't be very self-reliant on us? Do you see why we can't have that I don't need anyone mindset? How... We can't say, well, I am I can do things on my own. I've always done things on my own. And you bring up all your past experiences of how you've been strong and how you've been this, right? And is there anything necessarily wrong with you doing? There's nothing wrong with you doing things. But when you don't recognize who helps you do those things, that's where the problem lies. Remember Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. We, we talked about that before. He said, look, look at the kingdom that I built. Look at my palace. Look at my kingdom. Remember, and then the Lord had to humble King Nebuchadnezzar. It's the same thing with us. When we become very self-reliant on us and when we become very independent and when we become very strong, right? When we do all these things, we tend to make the Lord small and we magnify us. We magnify our experiences. We magnify our strengths. We magnify our victories, right? And just like the last podcast we talked about, and then eventually we just live to prove other people wrong. And we can't do that, right? And so look at look at this next example, right? Go over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> Luke 12. And again, we're going to notice a very self-reliant person here. Now, if you like to write in your Bible and if you like to take notes, I want you, when we read from verses uh, 16 uh, to 20, I want you to circle every personal pronoun that you see in those couple verses. So whether it's I, my, whatever it is, circle every personal pronoun that you see there. Okay. 
So so let's read verse number 16. And he spake uh, of. All right. Notice uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 16. Notice this. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and I'll build greater. Then I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So from verse 16 all the way down to verse 19, I counted 10 personal pronouns that he used with a conversation with himself. You know how crazy that is? Look at everything I did. Look at my, look at my. Notice this. If you and I fall into that category where we always, even within ourselves, not necessarily to prove to other people, but if we reason with ourselves, look at how strong I am. Look at what I've overcome. Look at all the challenges and obstacles I faced in my past. Look at, look at everything I did, right? (coughs) Excuse me. If we have that, notice how God looks at us. Verse 20. But God said unto him, what's he call them? Thou fool. You know, if we're very self-reliant on us, you know, essentially we're really fools. We really are. And it doesn't matter how strong you've been, ladies or guys. Doesn't matter how independent you are ladies and guys that's great to be those things but if you think you're you do those things on your own you're a fool guess who gave you that strength ladies and men god guess who gave you that sense of independence god so you didn't do anything Right, But we seem to magnify and we love to magnify what we've done, even to our own selves. We do just like he did. We talk to our own selves. Man, look at everything I've overcome. Man, look at all this thing that I've done. I never thought I can get past this. This was a great obstacle and I did this. I did all this. All my, you see what I'm saying? We talk even within ourselves how great we are. We can't do that. The Lord sees us as fools if we do that. Notice what he says. Thou fool, this night your soul will be required of thee. Then whose things are these going to be then? Which you provided. So he says, you're doing all this work. You're being so strong. You're being so independent. You're being so plenteous. But then now your soul is coming with me tonight. Not with me, but it, it's it's leaving tonight. And now whose stuff is this going to be now? Everything you worked your entire life for, now who's going to take it? That's why he says in the next verse, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and you're not rich toward God. You see what I'm saying? You see how we can't be self-reliant? You see how we can't say, I'm, I don't need anybody. I don't, I don't need anybody. I don't need a man. I don't need a, I don't need. All right. That's cool. Uh, you know, live, live your life. Do what you want to do. But eventually. You may not see it now, but guess how God sees you through whatever you're doing? You're a fool. So so how can I get out of this mindset 
of of doing this. Notice these couple of verses here. Look at Proverbs. Uh, actually, not Proverbs. Let's go to Psalms first. Psalm one nineteen, verse five. Psalm one nineteen five. Now remember, we don't want to be so strong and so independent where we think we know the answers and we think we can direct our own paths and we trust our own mind and we trust our own knowledge and we trust our own experiences and we trust on what worked in the past for us and then we keep going right we can't do that this is what we can do psalm 119:5 notice what he says here oh that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes we want the lord to direct our ways Notice this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge how strong you are. In all thy ways, acknowledge everything you went through in the past. In all thy ways, show everybody and yourself how independent you are. In all thy ways, whatever you do, acknowledge who? Acknowledge him. And then after you do that, he will direct your path. Proverbs eleven five, the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. You think you're strong on your own? You think you're smart on your own? You think you're independent on your own? You're going to fall by your own smarts. You're going to fall by your own wickedness. You're going to fall by your own strength. But the righteousness of the perfect, God's going to direct his way. You see how we need to let God help us? You see why we can't be self-reliant on us? You know, and, and we can't have that mindset I talked about before. You know, to where it's kind of, in a sense, you take on, it's a, it's me versus everybody. And it, it's very difficult to get out of that because you're so used to doing things on your own. And if we don't learn this now, guess how this is going to hurt us? This is going to hurt us in our relationships with our brethren. And this is going to hurt us with our with our relationships with our future spouses. Because right now, if we feel as if we've done, we've done everything on our own anyway, when we add another person to the mix, when they don't do things the way we want things done, we're always going to fight with them and we're going to do it because... Well, we need to do it my way because it's worked for me up to this point. Then what if they're strong and independent like you are? Then they're going to say, well, it's worked for me up to this point, so we need to do it my way. And then you're always going to fight on whose way to do it. So you end up fighting each other rather than working together. You see why you can't have two self-reliant people get into a selfless institution? And that's one thing that I want to work on personally. I I've been so used to doing things alone. I've been so used to uh, working things out outside of my family. I've been used to working by myself, fixing things by myself, not asking anybody for help, not wanting anybody's help, just trying to trying to fix it, trying to do things on my own. I have to get out of that mindset because if I don't, if the Lord blesses me with a spouse, I can't have that type of attitude because that marriage is a selfless institution and I hope she doesn't have that either and so remember what we're talking about today we're talking about I don't need anybody let's let's change that 
Instead of, I don't need anybody, how can I help somebody? How can I not only help myself by trusting in the Lord, but how can I help somebody so then they can help somebody? Really, really quick. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I believe. Let me make sure it's the right one. No, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is what we need to do. And this is what God has done for us. And we need to do for others. Watch verse uh, number 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. What does he do? The God of all comfort. He comforts us. In our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them. Which are in any trouble. How do we do it? By the comfort. Which we were comforted. By God. So when I get over an obstacle in my life, no matter what it is, guess what I now have? I now have strength because God comforted me. So when I see somebody in a similar situation going through the same thing, I'm not strong because of me. I'm strong because God helped me be strong. And so now they need to be strengthened. So guess what strength I draw from now? I don't draw from my experiences. I don't draw from my personal stuff that happened in the past. I draw from the comfort that God gave me. And then I give that comfort to the person that needs it. But let me ask you this. If you've been very self-reliant, this is what you don't do. You're not willing to help anybody. Or you're only willing to help the people you want to help. You see what I'm saying? You're very picky on who you help. But what does the verse say? You help all of those. So your enemies? Yes. Your friends? Yes. Anyone? Help everyone. You see, you can't be selective with who you help You help and you comfort. You can't do that, right? And so let's, instead of having this self-reliant attitude, let's help. Let's get out of that self-reliant attitude. And then let's become and have a selfless attitude just like Christ. Thanks, guys.